Hey fam, what's up? Hey, just really quick, I have my six-figure business map open right now for enrollment for the next few days. Now, if you want to join, head over to sixfigurebusinessmap.com. If you don't know what it is, it's a coaching and online course program for all the hustlers and creatives and shakers and makers that are out there that want to get into that multi-six-figure realm. Let us know if you've got any questions on Instagram. Otherwise, get over to that website, sixfigurebusinessmap.com. Check out all the information there and I will see you soon. Enjoy today's episode. You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my podcast. And today we've got a special one for you. Now, over the last little while, I've actually been looking around at different social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and in the creative space, and in particular, the photography space, I've noticed a lot of people are getting worried about AI. And this could be you as well. And for good reason. When something changes in an industry, it can be really hard to envision where you are at right now and how this is going to help you. Now, it's really important that we see AI as a partnership, not as something as that's going to take over our careers. And I'm going to drop a few podcast episodes in the next couple of weeks to talk about mindset around change and how it's one of the constant things that happens over and over. But for some reason, it still takes us by surprise and some reason it's still hard for us to deal with. Now, today, when I'm talking with Anna, Anna from Ginger's Eyes is her business name or on her Instagram account, it's Oginger, if you want to go and find her and see her incredible work. We're talking about today the effects of AI and we're having an open discussion with each other on what we think and believe that AI is doing right now with us in the community, with our mindset and where it could go and where it should go maybe and things that we can use right now to keep it positive and tools to enrich our lives and our career. Now, today's episode is actually brought to you by Imagine AI. They are a editing software for photographers that use and leverage AI to help you take back your time. I've actually left a link in the show for you that gives you 2,000 free edits, which is currently, I think it's worth around $100. So if you want to take advantage of that, head over to the show notes and there you go. Now, last thing before we get into today's epic episode, I actually just launched an AI and tech summit and we've got some incredible speakers lined up. It's coming up in the next couple of weeks. And if you do want some amazing value, some amazing conversations, learn some really cool stuff, tickets are only $7 and you only have to head over to weddingphotographysummit.com forward slash AI. But Trust me, it's going to be a lot of fun. So this is not as going to be as big as the summits in the past in terms of production and, and putting th- everything on. It's more so something that's relevant right now because everybody needs help. And me and my team as business coaches, we need to step up and make sure that we're supporting creatives and photographers and, and those that are feeling helpless and they're feeling like... They need to be supported in these times because trust me, like you guys are the makers, the shakers, the innovators, you know, the artists, the creatives, the ones that we need in this world to be out there creating and sharing your vision. We don't need you to be suffering, especially by yourself with something that may not even be a threat to you. So head over to weddingphotographysummit.com forward slash AI. You'll see all the details. 
You'll see the epic lineup, which I'm really excited about, and everything else. So again, let's get into today's episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, Anna. So good to have you back on the show. Excited to talk to you today about creativity, about AI, and about maybe some tools that we can use and things like that. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. Actually, it's my first time on your show, I think. It is. I've actually wanted to get you on here a lot of times, so it's finally happening. Really? Hmm. (laughs) Well, we had you at the Wedding Photography Summit, and I think it just didn't work out to get you on here yet. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember that one time. Yeah. So I'm doing really good. I'm really excited about this conversation. You know, I think um, so many people are talking about AI right now and so many people are scared of it and there's so many different aspects to it. Like, I guess one aspect is how we can use it for our creativity, how we can use it to mood board or find new ideas or um, put concepts into our work, how we can use it to automate our workflow and get back some time so we can get more creative. And also on the other side of it, it's like how it's going to kill our businesses, which is like so many people like, oh my God. I'm a photographer and I think I don't know what's going to happen now. So what's your take on AI and um, with you and your workflow and how you're using it right now? So I definitely think that we can use AI to our, our, our advantage. And, you know, I don't entirely agree that AI should be creating art for us per se, you know, like mm-hmm. creating images or movies or, you know, write the, the plays and stuff like that. Uh, actually, the other day, it was the funny meme that I saw. It said, uh, how about we teach AI to fish the plastic out of the ocean instead of it being a screen screenwriter, you know, screenplay writer. So, um, but at the same time, I think that we can use AI to our advantage and especially like in photography because it helps us to save loads of time. Um, mm. Well, I'm talking now about the margin AI, right? And also during that time that is saved, we can actually be even more creative, right? We can come up with a new project or just, you know, use this time to um, kind of educate ourselves and uh, become our better selves. So, yeah, definitely. I think if it's a helper tool, then I definitely like if it's a helper tool, then I would definitely give it a go for Mm. sure. It is fascinating, like you're saying, like, why aren't we fishing out the plastic out of the ocean, using it for a a lot of good? And instead, we're kind of using it to like create music and images and writing things and like all the things that we love to do. And it's so fascinating as humans that we, that's the first thing that we do is like, how do we outsource all the fun things? And then, and then we're stuck doing all the other things, which is so funny. You know, yeah, but you know, when it appeared, like everybody was absolutely mind blown. You know, I was, um, mm. I, I remember myself like looking through those images and a lot of photographers started created, st- started creating new profiles on Instagram just with it, uh, AI images, right? So for me, it was also like, oh my God, I can't even differentiate if it's a real photo or if it's an AI image. However, right now, I think everybody already kind of got a little bit tired of it. And like, you can, you can see straight clearly that it's an AI image. So Mm. I think in a sense, if it's not fading away yet, it will at some point, but in the sense of creation, right? But yeah, definitely. Like if we're talking about the uh, editing tools, I think it's a really, really amazing thing that we can use nowadays in the 21st century to kind of ease our workflow. 
I think there's so many sides to it. Like one side, of course, I understand why so many people are scared of it. And I see how like there's um, when something's unknown and we're going into that and we're trying to work out like how can we make this work for us? And so often we sort of go to this default of like, well, I'm a photographer. It's never going to change because people are going to need photography. But I do think about like all the things that have changed over years. And one example is... I know musicians right now, they struggle and musicians a long time ago when they used to have big orchestras and there was like classical music and everyone mm. would go and watch jazz for a lot of years and stuff, used to think like, well, even though vinyl is coming out, um, people are still going to come and watch shows because they want to connect and have the experience. And then after a while, then it turned into a tape and then it turned into a CD and then turned into MP3 and now it's Spotify. And now so many less people are going to watch live music because they just whack it on in their car and they don't actually care about the experience anymore. They just want the product, which I find so fascinating as like over, you know, 150 year kind of journey there of just like how something is evolved from one thing when we thought that would never change and would always want to connect with music in real life to where we are today, where a lot of the times we're just listening to music on our devices, which a lot of it for the last, you know, 10 years has been processed with AI, has been processed with auto-tune, has mm. been processed with synthesizers and and like ghostwriters and everything else that we're scared of, which I find fascinating. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really, it's fascinating. I think it's great that we can access our favorite music at any point of time you know like i walk in the street and i listen to my favorite music and it just puts me in a good mood or in the car or anywhere however i do think that like still majority of people would like prefer to go to the live concerts of their favorite bands like i don't think it went anywhere like probably yeah like probably not to the extent of you know we would go to the orchestra like all of us now because like the tastes change the you know the the trends the music itself evolves and uh actually i have a i do think that everything simplifies like over mm. the years like you know if we take the the music how it is now right the electronic sounds comparing to 200, 200 years ago or even photography or uh, sorry photography like painting you know the abstract and the modernism and all of that the architecture so everything in a sense is going towards simplification because maybe our minds became a little bit more complicated or like we we have a little bit more on our on our heads and anxiety or stress or whatever so we try to simplify everything in art at least or in in the things that surround us love that but yeah i, I understand your point yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like, it's, um, it's definitely not less of a need of people w- wanting to go see live music, but we're simplifying our lives and we're, we always end up doing the thing that's easy, which is going for a walk down the road and putting on yeah. the earpods and then listening to something. Yeah. Which is amazing in a, in a way, right? Like you get really so much is. inspired, like so much more inspired by, yeah. And I think like music makes so much difference to everything, like sets mm. the mood. Like I, I use music all the time during my mm, sessions. And I just cannot stress it enough how important it is. Because if, like a lot of the times when we would walk in the streets with, with my couples and I would turn the music on, you know, like imagine the early morning, like teeny tiny streets, beautiful lights. And then there is like some vintage music playing in the background. And like people all the time say that they feel like they're uh, characters of the movie. But if you don't have any of that, it's like just kind of, plain a little bit sad not sad but like you know not an exciting maybe yeah absolutely you know one interesting thing uh, i've been around in the industry for so long now and i do remember when people were like transitioning from film photography 
And I'm sure this happened when it was like paintings transitioning to photography. And I was like, well, this mm-hmm. is not a real image, you know. And then film photography to digital photography. I do remember this big pushback of people saying like, if you're shooting on digital, it's not real. It needs to be, you know, processed properly. If you're using Lightroom stuff, it's all fake. Photoshop's all fake. And then I remember like in, so in my time as a photographer, I remember when presets came out and people were selling their own presets. So you could buy a Jai Long preset, you could buy Anna presets. And then there was this big wave of people going like, well, if you use other people's presets, you're not really a photographer because now everyone looks the same and everyone freaked out. And then with Photoshop, right? So Photoshop came out and then people were like, well, if you're manipulating an image, is it a real image? Like, I don't think this is a really photography anymore and it's something else. And we've had this conversation so many times, but like the technology always prevails and then we always end up with something so much better. But what I find fascinating is with AI, it's actually not creating anything that we can't create without AI. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So for instance, if I'm a photographer today, I can apply a preset, I can get onto Fiverr or Upwork, I can hire someone on uh, on the other side of the world that's amazing at Photoshop and they can expand my images for me. They can add in things for me. They can already do all those things. The difference is now anybody can get into it and the point of entry is lower. And like you were saying with the music, the point of entry is lower. I can listen to it everywhere, no matter Mm -hmm. where I am in the world, no matter how much uh, money I have or time I have or whatever it is. Now I, I can access Photoshop and do things with stuff. And so can someone with an iPhone and so can someone else. So I find it fascinating. It's like, um, are we scared of the technology taking over or are we scared that maybe there's just going to be a lower entry point and more people using it, which we deem ourselves being less valuable than maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like I never have felt fear or I, I never felt scared about those things. I do think that there is a big difference between creating something quality or creating something really talented and just creating. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why, like, the, you know, when I think about it, like, yeah, of course, anyone can enter, but then, like, would they be creating, like, real art or would it be worth looking at, you know, at least, like, in, in you know, that's what I think in my head from my perspective. So that's why, like, it, it doesn't really scare me, you know, just the same with the music. Like, anyone can record a song in their bedroom right but it doesn't mean you're gonna you're gonna become billy eilish right so it's like um it's this kind of stuff and i do think that all these tools uh in a sense they do kind of help us or like they help us ease our way into art but it doesn't mean you become an artist does it make sense like i i think like you know even in photography not everyone is an artist there are photographers who are just photographers there are photographers who are craftsmen right like they have their business it's working it's functioning everything is good uh they don't need anything else but there are photographers who are artists right and it doesn't mean like one of them is better than the other one it's just different types of people and i do think like being an artist is actually like kind of a way of life totally. if it makes sense Absolutely. you know like the, the way you see it the way you perceive it the way you like you think all the time you, the way you are in your head all the time so i think from that point of view uh, there is nothing to be scared of hmm. yes yeah, so maybe the artist is less scared and the craftsman is a little bit more scared <laughs> i understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah, um that's your point yeah I find it really fascinating because the way that I look at this stuff is it's an amazing opportunity that that builds on what I already know and what I already can create. And so an example of this is 
for me, like me sitting at Lightroom and editing a wedding for 20 hours is not actually what brings me happiness, but I do love going out and mm-hmm. shooting and doing things. And so like having a platform, maybe like Imogen AI, for, for example, is like, how much time can I save by doing those things? And why would I be scared of that? Like I wish... Basically what you're doing is you're putting, you're giving yourself superpowers because what you are doing is if you're a solo entrepreneur Mm -hmm. now, essentially, if you use something like Imogen AI, just as an example, you're essentially hiring an editing team and you're doing it for so cheap and then, and then they can edit. Now for me, I have a full-time copywriter and now we, like I have chat GPT and everything else, but what's really, really important is, and I had to talk to my copywriter about this. It's like, it doesn't replace you because someone needs the right stuff. Someone needs to prompt the thing. Someone needs to use it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what it means is now you have an amazing tool and now I want you to use that tool. So then we all have a team of copywriters. There's no longer just you doing the thing. And so now we can like build on that and grow so much. Or another example is, I used to send something off to Photoshop if I didn't like it, but now I have basically my in-house team of Photoshoppers. They can just use AI, a single person, and then they can create something amazing from it. So all of a sudden I've gone from a solo entrepreneur with not that much help to all of a sudden having access to so many things, which means obviously I can scale my business so much faster or I can take back more time or I can get back more into art. Is that how you feel with all the tools that are at your fingertips right now? Yeah, 100%. I actually love your take on it. So for as long as I remember myself, I always said that I would never trust editing to anyone else because it's such a creative process for me. And I do enjoy like, yes, I do not enjoy editing a wedding for 20 hours. That's, the, you know, that's clear because also at the wedding, like when you edit a wedding, it's just a great lot of photos. And if you have five weddings in a queue, it's, it can get really overwhelming. So I never hired any outsourcing for editing. And at some point, like during the busy seasons, I was really, really exhausted and didn't have any time for anything. I would be editing until 2 a.m. and then wake up and then, you know, do my stuff and go shoot again. So now it's been a game changer, definitely. I do not edit each and every session with um, Imagine AI, but I do use it for the weddings a lot. I do use it for certain sessions a lot as well. And yeah, definitely it's, it's a superpower. It's like unlocking a different level, you know, because they just send the photos in there. They edit in like from 200 to 500 photos get edited in about 10 minutes. And then you just check. Yeah. You just go through them. You just check them, tweak Mm -hmm. something and then yeah, export them and send them to the get to the, to the client. So I think it's a game changer. I know. Yeah. I think it's an amazing time we live in. Like it's so easy to be, uh, to be a photographer and actually, and also actually have some time for your family and friends. Yeah. Uh, because I used to think that my, my friends see me from, um, from December to March. And then like, I just disappear because I travel all the time and then I don't have any time when, when I'm at home, but yeah, it's been different for the past year. And yeah, regarding the presets, I totally feel you. I had, I was very skeptical about them when I actually got into photography. I was like, no, I'm not going to buy any presets. Then I did. And then definitely the thing is like, even when I do mentorings, I always, it's not like I, I avoid, but I don't really like teaching the, the editing just because I think everyone sees color very differently, you know? And like, I can appreciate like other editing of uh, like the, the editing of other photographers naturally but it doesn't mean i would do the same 
when I edit my photos, you know? So the same about like people who come to mentor with me. And that's why I think it's so difficult. Like even, even if you, let's say, sell your preset, it doesn't mean that there will be a hundred photographers who would do exactly, who would use exactly your colors because everybody tweaks the, the settings differently in the Lightroom, mm. depending on how they perceive the color uh, and what they want to communicate, like if, if they're intentional about it. The same with Imagine AI. Like now they have, I, th- I think, 16 profiles that they're selling and they're planning to put out more of them. And they actually got in contact with me and also asked me if I want to sell my profile too. Like we're talking about the color profile, right? That people can buy and actually have, like have their photos edited the way I edit them, right? But the thing is that it's so much smarter than just the preset because the preset is what it is. Like it's basically just a set of certain settings, right? That are non, let's say, that are applied to each and every photo. However, with AI, it tweaks the settings itself because it learns from you like, let's say, what kind of shadows do you use in a harsh light, right? What kind of uh, contrast do you use for party pictures? Yeah. Or what kind That's of, amazing. you know, like, yeah, like, do you make your photos um, warmer or colder, like, depending on the light? So basically, it learns all that, and then it applies automatically. And of course, like, the best thing is that you can tweak it, you know, like, they just launch their profile adjustments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what you can do is that, when you when you buy a certain profile, let's say you buy my profile, and then you can go through it and you can tweak it to your like more to your liking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you can boost the grain, for example, or boost the shadows, or reduce the highlights and so on, and like make it more of a your look or what you imagine. So yeah, I think it's really amazing. When you use that tool, like, is it? sort of learning over time how you work so then you can sort of like you know give it less prompts and things like that yeah so before there were no prompts actually they just they just launched them and i think it's really it's also kind of a game changer you know however before you only could start using ai imagine ai in after you upload five thousand pictures so you what you would do you would like upload all your catalogs and as soon as you reach 5,000 photos, then you can actually use it because that would be the amount of pictures the, the software needs in order to start, you know, in order to learn from you. I think now they reduced it to 3,000. So It's unreal. And you know what's really interesting? Like this is all new stuff for us to learn. But, you know, the next generation of photographers that, start, that are starting right now, they get to start with all this stuff. They don't have to unlearn anything. They literally just get straight in there. Imagine now, imagine just starting and then say you're a wedding photographer and you just walk in, take some photos, you upload it to your profile, edited in 10 minutes, exported. Like what a different life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think the talking from my experience, I think the main idea is to upload the photos only that you're 100% satisfied with like the editing of which, right? I think I created, I had to create another profile some time ago just because when I was creating my first profile, I was just trying to upload 5,000 pictures and I would be like, maybe not 100% satisfied with um, how they turned out, you know? So then the program would learn from, from, you know, your editing style. But then the second time when I created my profile, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really curating now what I'm uploading. And it was 
so much better Wow! after that. That's so cool. I'm so excited about all these different platforms that are out there right now that can help us. Um, you know, I feel like I'm showing my age here, but I remember when Instagram came out and I was like, that's when I started my photography journey. <laughs> And I remember, so I started Instagram and um, for me, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So about 16 years now. So I started my business, my first business, and I used to run ads in the newspaper, flyer drops, billboards. Like I did all of that yeah. stuff. And it cost me a lot of money to do all that stuff. So when Instagram came out, I was like mind blown that I was able to have the power to share my images and my photography with people all over the world for free. And then they could comment on it and like it and then share it and share it with other people and all this stuff. And I could not believe it. And so at the time though, I was in this wave where I came in at the very start of all of that stuff. And that's where I started my career. But there was like a huge industry of photographers that were fighting it because they're like, what about like my brick and mortar? This is never going to take off. Why would you put time into Instagram? It's a waste of time. And there was just like this mm-hmm. massive conversation that was happening. And so obviously for me, I got on early and then I, I skyrocketed and I rode the wave because I was there and I was like excited and energized where a lot of people didn't go past that point. There was a lot of businesses that closed down and they finished and everything. And I do see right now being sort of the same thing. There's a lot of people that won't jump on and learn something like, you're just saying like, imagine AI, like something something like that. There's so many people that will be like, no, I'm not going to use AI. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Like, what's the point? It's all fake. It's all this. And then you get this new generation or people like yourself and like myself that are like, man, I'm excited of these new tools. Let's go. And you jump on it. And you see it as not you're insecure and you think something's going to rock your world and take your career away from you, but you see it as good because I needed more tools. I'm busy. I'm creating stuff, you know? And so you've just freed up more time and I see so many opportunities in all of this. Yeah, of course. You see it as a helper. Definitely. Yeah. I think the resistance towards anything new is kind of, um, is, is a quality that and incorporated in integrated in us as humans and uh, a lot of the times we have to fight it you know and to kind of open open our minds and uh, kind of come out of our caves and our boxes you know in order to understand that ever evolving everything is changing the world is moving really fast it was the same you know when you were talking about the film photography that people didn't want to start shooting digital it was the same with film photographers before that when everybody was shooting black and white and then some innovators in photography world started shooting color, like Sol Later, for example. Like mm-hmm. everybody was just uh, avoided from him, you know, from, from color images in, on film. But yeah, I do think it's important to know, to be up to date with all the technology and to know what it can do and how you can use it to your advantage. You know, even just on that, it's so funny. Like you literally just saying that like when someone, when they went from black and white to color, which they did with TV and video and films and everything as well. Mm -hmm. Like the only consistent, if we go through history, this is why I'm never surprised by change. I'm like, man, the amount of times that everything changes, like the game changes and the industries change and like the things that we do change, the medium changes is like, it happens over and over and over. And so can we expect everything to be exactly the same right now forever? Of course not. No, and so no. it's never a surprise. It's like, of course, something just changed. Like, that's, yeah, definitely. That's what happens. 
absolutely everything you change as well you know you just don't notice it but like you change from day to day from encounter to encounter so it's in a sense like i love this life philosophy you know it it actually mm. i think it makes life easier rather than harder because a lot of people cling on what they have or how the things are and then like any change would bring a lot of like anxiety to them or fear but i think this is actually yeah i think that's the art of life the you know, never-ending movement. I think it's mm. beautiful. Hey, talking about um, tell me what you think about like AI creating art and people just creating straight up art from AI, as in like not editing your own images, not taking a photo, prompting and posting yeah. and publishing. So yeah, as I mentioned, I think I I found it fascinating at, at first, but then I do think it's uh, it's really easy to get bored of it and um. Mm. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I don't think this should be the purpose of AI, like creating art per se, you know, because then it's not, it's not that it will, you know, get out, like take um, a lot of artists out of business. It's just, um, you know, people will always feel the urge to create, to be the creators. It's something that we have in us. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like every person is a creator. Um, It just, you know, we create different things. Some create ceramics, some create... uh, you know, new technological tools, some poetry, some ideas, some, you know, like we're all creators. So I do think like with art is the same thing. Uh, We will always have this urge, but I don't want to sound like old fashioned or whatever, but um, I would prefer to go to a museum of the real paintings rather than AI created paintings, maybe. I completely agree. And like I was talking about it with my partner the other day, kind of gets to a weird point where if I get online and I'm on the internet and then I start looking at all the photos, which a lot of my feed is filling up now with people posting their AI photos, I'm like looking yeah. at some AI photos. I don't really comment on it anymore, but then I go and read a blog post and it's written by AI. And then I go and look at, you know, something else that's created by AI. Then I'm like, wait a second, what's the point of being online anymore? If I'm, if I'm, it's, it's like you kind of going on there and you're literally looking at what the machine's making. It's no longer connecting the people or, or like you just don't know what's real anymore, which I find really fascinating. Yeah, I think it's a really like, honestly, I think we're living in a very interesting uh, time uh, in a sense, revolutionary. Maybe we don't even, we're not even like completely conscious about it, but it's a really good food for thinking. You know, yeah. I think I haven't like thought that much about it, like regarding the AI art and uh, where it's getting and um if it's good or bad or but yeah i do think it's an interesting it's an interesting topic to kind of ponder over well one yeah. interesting thing that i did the other day is i actually bought an ai art print believe it or not <laughs> oh you did like, yeah, yeah really i think i did yeah um it's really fascinating but From to her? me it's really it's art and it's actually yeah. really good art and one reason being is because it's the very first time, I bet you not many people have bought AI prints before. So it's at the very beginning, very beginning of technology, very beginning of this person calling themselves an AI artist and then creating something. Mm. And so it's like this stamp in time where it actually is art. Like I'm like, you know, like as soon as it's going to be something where it's just like, it's just created and the machine is so much more powerful than us. But right now it's like this person that's found something, they're experimenting with it. They've created something that they love. They've put it up for sale and they're making money from AI. And I actually kind of like that too. I was like, oh, cool. 
this is, you know, you're doing something, you know, they were, I mean, they still are like a multi-visual artist, but yeah, I just thought it was like really fascinating. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to mm-hmm. buy some AI art. That's interesting. I've never done that before. And I don't think many people have. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's a it's temporary thing just because it's a lot of hype around AI right now? Do you think it will go away in some years? Like AI, mm-hmm. the, this concept of being an AI artist. It's hard to see how it would sustain because I believe that AI is going to get so much faster and smarter from here. So mm-hmm. like one example is that so many people are like, AI is never going to be a good artist because like I've typed something in before and it gave me six figures on on the picture. Like look how shit it is. But what people don't realize in the in the in the little bleep of things, like we literally got, I think last week, like Photoshop just dropped some new things where they're yeah. actually using AI and ChatGPT only came mm-hmm. out like publicly like six months ago. So if you look at Google, for instance, like that's like what, 20 something years old. Is it? Yeah. 20, 20 yeah. Yeah. Around 20 years old. Mm-hmm. You look at something like that. It's like, of course it was crap when it first came out in six months and people were like, that's never going to replace libraries and things like that. But then 20 years on, it's like, yeah, well, it kind of did because it got better and better and better and better. And I wonder if AI... But the libraries like, still exist. Well, they do, yeah. And they're busier than ever before, funny enough. There's yeah. just less of them. Yeah. It's kind of like you were saying before, um, like the artists are still going to exist and they're going to be busier than ever. There's just going to be a lot less of all the crap that's in between. So with the libraries, there is libraries because people want to go to them. They want to read a book. They want to sit in that environment. Like they want to do those things and there's less of them, but the ones that are there are amazing and people go to those ones, but there's just not so many on every mm-hmm. corner because it's got a less use case study um, case because you can just Google something. So yeah, I think the same with the artists. Like I think the, probably a lot less people are going to be creating a lot of stuff, but then you're going to have the artists that are just like, oh my God, like, that person's so busy because I fucking want a human to create something and you've done it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be amazing actually. And you know, I think like maybe, yeah, honestly, like the more quality, the better. And I think Mm. a lot of people who let's say feel or think that they're not as talented as uh, artists per se, you know, or as creators, maybe they would opt more towards the towards the AI art. You know what? You know? Mm. Well, you, you're just saying something interesting there that I'd like to dive into. Like some people don't see themselves as that talented or like whatever it is. And like with art or with creating something, a lot of the times, um, and you know, correct me if you if you feel differently, but we have like where we have our vision and what we see, and that's our style and taste and what we can actually create. And we can never really like as much as we try and chase the perfect thing that we want to create, we're always behind it, trailing, you know. So we're trying to like create the thing, but it's like, man, you know, just if I could get a little bit better. But with AI, like people overnight, I was talking. Um, my wife was just telling me she had a discussion with someone that's like an AI artist that. Um, mm-hmm created something and they're like no it's harder than you think and then she's like tell tell me what happened and she's like well the first thing i did is i told the prompt to create something the same as this artist from 1950 which i needed to know that person's style and it's like well it doesn't that doesn't make it harder that just means you Mm -hmm. were able to replicate someone else's style that was actually an artist and then bring that in there so it's a real fascinating thing with um how we can we can actually like put in artists prompts and use them as reference to create something but overnight 
our style and taste is like gone better than what we thought because we can write something in there and then AI is going to make something better than what we thought it was even going to be, which is a real strange concept. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, in a sense, I think like working with the AI and creating art, it's like finding the, this perfect recipe, you know, and like being really good with words, you know, because you have to find this word recipe of what you're going to write, right, in order for it to create what you envision. But at the same time, with like real art, let's say, if, even if we take Picasso, who started like from like quite realistic paintings, you know, like mm-hmm. quite, quite academic paintings and where it got him just because through his life, like his thinking process and, um, you know, a lot of things influenced. And then like with AI, I feel like there is no, or like there is less room for this kind of evolution of an artist. Like if you take an AI artist, mm. you know what I mean? So yeah, basically, that's kind of how what I'm do you talking do? About. Like, you just missed out on yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. So you like start and you're like, okay, I want to create paintings like Van Gogh. You know, but what is the evolution? Mental. Like, are you gonna, yeah, are you gonna end up as Pollock or as uh, you know someone else? You know what I mean? Like, you're just gonna change the names of the artists that you want to replicate. This is just a bit weird. So yeah, I think there's definitely human element that is lacking in there and will always lack. And also, in a sense, like all those pictures that I see on Instagram posted by AI artists, it, to me, they all look the same. Like, I would never say, okay, this is that AR artist, or this is this, right? Of course, no, like no, if no. they it's, use like different... At this stage, it's always the same, for sure. Yeah, but even if they use different techniques, you know, like uh, some of them can have more realistic photos, some of them can have more fantasy kind of style. Like, yeah, you can differentiate, differentiate by, by the styles, right? But then you cannot differentiate by artist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if... I don't know. Did you see the one I that know. I posted today? Honestly, no. Did you well, post you should, today? Yeah, yeah, you should look at it. It's on yeah. my Instagram account, oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. Me, me sitting in of, of, of yourself. Of yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. that I saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yesterday, yeah. yeah I did. See? I, I mean, yeah. you probably knew that I posted that. So that's... um, <laughs> I'm an artist. That was, that was funny, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it yeah. is funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's such a fascinating story. Like, I mean, the evolution of an artist. And like, one thing that I've always thought about, like with art, I don't know if you've ever done this, and this might just be me in my head, but... You know how you're talking about the evolution. It's like someone started off as like a realistic painter and they love it and they do it over and over and over. And after a while, they start developing a style and then they get more imaginative and then they create something and and then they want to have the exhibition and they get better technically and with their ideas and with their concepts and everything behind it. Then after a while, when they hit the highest peak, oh, they follow all the rules. So you can always tell when someone's like starting out as an artist or creative because they followed all the rules. And then you can tell when someone's been doing it for a long time because they broke all the rules. And then, you know, it gets more interesting when all the rules are broken. But a few times I've walked into a gallery and I've seen like a, a really famous artist post like a massive canvas and there's almost nothing on it. Let's just say there's like a dot on it and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I walk up and so many people go like, how could that person be an artist? You know, it's just a dot. But when I look at that, I'm like, that is the highest level of art that you can create because that person had to go against all their training, all the stuff that they've done before, all the rules that they had to do, all the rules that they had to break, all the feedback that they've ever got on what's good and what's bad. And then they've just created something which goes against everything else. And so that's literally the hardest. And then you're getting judged by it. And it's literally the hardest thing you could possibly put out mm-hmm. there. 
it's like, and it's like going back to the full circle. It's like when you start off as a little kid, you just draw something small and then your whole lifetime is like you building something bigger. And then at the end of it, you're like, well, I'm just going back to the simple thing again. Is that a weird concept? Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think <laughs> it's not a weird concept. I, I hear what you're saying, but um, I think in that sense, it's more of a going against the flow, against the rules, and then training your, you know, human quality when you just, you know, don't care about people's opinion or exactly. you're super individualistic and so on. So I think it's more of a character feature that you like train or that you you know try to exercise or whatever more than art you know what i mean mm. so those are two different things like you can be uh, let's say one go in your own age when like he was breaking all the rules but he was still creating amazing art that no one was creating you know like the style that he has uh if, like that he has developed and then it's another thing of going against all the rules by means of uh, you know uh, putting a dot on a on a blank canvas you know what i mean so it's like a different different level of artistry and i do not know if i can call this artistry per se like actually there such paintings exist because i i remember several years ago oh, yeah, I know they do. we were yeah we were in san francisco um museum of modern art and there was like literally just an empty painting on the wall just white and like me and alex me and my, my my husband we were just you know staring at it and then we just you know stepped back and we were looking at the people like what do people how do people react on this you know like uh just it was interesting from from uh anthropological point of view you know like to see how how people treat that stuff and like a lot of them would just you know Mm, stare at the painting and just actually like make like smart faces and as if like there is like a very complex thought running behind it like in the back of their heads and it's just funny you know it's just a freaking white painting like there there is nothing on there like there's literally emptiness and actually the the description of it was that mm, the painter listened to uh a tune no wait a painter listened to a silent tune created by another composer wow. and that inspired him to to create a painting that has nothing on it so basically but, music but without see, music like, and, 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 and like, painting without painting well it's funny because <laughs> i see it's like the highest form of art like the reason being is because mm-hmm. you remember it and you're talking about it now all these years ago and then you look at how everyone marketing. else yeah well it's no but like, marketing no, but how did everyone else react? And and art is the reaction of people. And so, so many of them, like I see people walk past and they're like, oh, okay, like next photo, next picture, next picture. But when someone stops and they think and then they like laugh and then they like get confused and then they're trying to look into it too hard and then you're looking at them and then they're looking at it, then I'm like, well, they've caused the reaction and it made people feel something, Yeah, you know? I don't know if it made people <laughs> feel something actually, but uh, I do think a lot of the well, times Well, you felt people... curious. <laughs> yeah, I felt curious. But, you know, uh, I also feel curious about a cat on the street, you know, it doesn't mean it's, you know, <laughs> it's a form of art. But um, what I'm saying is that I think a lot of the times people, when they don't understand something, they try to create something for pretend, it. Yeah, pretend or kind of uh, give an impression that they're actually thinking of it or they're actually like there is a, a very complex uh, process, you know, mm. that they're having in their heads. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. But I mean, everything is <laughs> everything. 
You know, uh, what's yeah. really curious now is um, I don't know if this is sort of something that you find a little bit weird, but I have noticed a lot of like, so there's a lot of photographers that I love and they shoot so much amazing stuff, not just photographers, artists. There's so many artists that I love and, and it could be digital artists, could be graphic designers, like whatever it is. And they're plotting along and they're creating their thing and they're putting a lot of time, a lot of hours into stuff. And then I've noticed there's a lot of um, people that are like creating, like say Instagram accounts and TikTok accounts. That's just like AI art. Um, and they're attaching their name to it. And it's getting fucking hundreds of thousands of likes, hundreds of thousands of comments, shares and all this kind of stuff. And they're getting all the big attention. And it's kind mm. of like, maybe did they take a shortcut or are they doing it for that reason? Or like what's happening there? Where all the artists that have been doing their thing, they're still just cruising. No, I think it's because it's just trend, trending right now. It's something like so new and so overwhelming for, for everyone mm-hmm. that that is just kind of hype, you know? So that's why like it gets so many likes and so many views. Um, I think we should give it a little bit of time. Of course, like if AI comes up with something absolutely new and um, fascinating and, you know, fabulous in the next couple of years again, like something that we've never seen before, like it will be like hyped again. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, robots walking the streets and creating art or like, you know, 3D stuff or whatever. Um, I was going to the yeah. exhibition and looking at it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, uh, yeah. So I think that's why it's so it's so popular right now. Mm. But I don't think it will last forever, just like anything. You know, that the, the, the trend will last, will last forever or, yeah. All really interesting stuff, hey? And it's... um. Like just as an educator, like I'm in all the Facebook groups looking at all like what everyone's scared of and what everyone's talking about. And then like everyone on both sides of the of the camp, people that are pro, people that are against, people that are early adopters jumping in, you know, entrepreneurs. The funny thing is like an entrepreneur is um like an entrepreneur is not a business owner. It's kind of like saying like all creators are artists. They're not. And all business owners are not entrepreneurs. And an entrepreneur like thrive off change because that's like all entrepreneurs, if you've looked through history, they make billions of dollars whenever there's a recession or something goes wrong or COVID happens or whatever it is, no matter what. Business owners Definitely, go out of business. Yeah. Business owners go out of business, but entrepreneurs find a way because all they're always looking for is they're opportunists. They don't care about a challenge and then they're always going against the grain and they're looking for change. And that's why I always say like creative entrepreneurs is because a lot of the times like it doesn't make sense in a business sense to start a photography business or something else. There's so much competition and there's everything else, but an entrepreneur would do it because they love doing it and, you know, they forge their own path and everything else. So in times like now, you do see the entrepreneurs that are rising up and they're creating like amazing work with the tools that are out there or they're adapting into their workflow and they're able to boost their income by booking more clients or they're able to get more creative or, or do whatever because they've got like a better workflow and they're using the tools. And then you get the other side that are putting themselves in turmoil because of the fear. And as you know, we create our own reality. So this fear that shouldn't be there has all of a sudden made it even harder for us to run our business and even harder for us to be an artist because we've got more things to worry about and more things to be anxious about. So I find it really fascinating, just this um, seesaw between the two groups of people and how we all react to the new things, the new landscape that's there for us right now. Yeah, I think it has been always among us, right? And it will always be 
yeah, persist. It just depends how you yourself uh, perceive it. Yeah, like, you know, when I was starting, like, I never was the the smartest, the swiftest uh, entrepreneur. I, I do not consider myself uh, so much of an entrepreneur even right now, although I do have a successful business. But yeah, I think when I was starting out, you know, and I started in, in Barcelona, which is a big city, and uh, it has, I think it's like number one, or together with Madrid, at least in Spain, where it's the most concentration of all artists, you know, filmmakers or photographers or uh, painters or whatever. And when I was studying photography, I would never, I was never thinking, oh, there's, there's so much competition in Barcelona. You know, there is just so many people who create things. Like I would, I wouldn't just think about it at all. I would just focus on myself and uh, totally. kind of, you know, yeah, when you go, you know, I would imagine myself like, when you go through jungle, you know, and like the, the lianas, the branches just hit on your face, but you still have to go through. You just close your eyes and you just drill through, you know. Mm. So that's the kind of feeling I was, I was, uh, you know, experiencing when I, when I started photography. Because for me, it was like, either I do it or I just die, you know, because I don't want to do anything else. It was just, there was, you know, you always talk about the plan B, that it's not good to have a plan B a lot of the time. So I do feel exactly the same. So it was just plan A and I have to make it. And I always give an yeah. example of um, of one of my favorite bands, Placebo, who uh, after their university, like after they finished university, they started a band just so, just because they didn't want to go to office, you know? And like now they're the world stars, rock stars, and just tour all over and so on. So I think it's really, really important to just focus on what you do and uh, give 100% of it, uh, of yourself to it, right? And uh, just mind your own business. And I think that's that's exactly, yeah, like... <laughs> this is fun. This is mind your own yeah. business. It's yeah, 100% just mind your own business. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, literally, that you know? word, like that saying, is mind your own business, right? It's like get yeah, in there, li- mind li- literally. literally, literally, yeah, mind your own business. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, so and kind of always think like what you can do better and how you can educate yourself and where you can you know evolve and develop. I think this is what propels you, not thinking of you know that there are so so many people around there around me that create the same totally. thing or you know. Yeah, the competition or like scrolling through Instagram all the time and like just getting jealous or getting, you know, uh, the imposter syndrome. A lot of the, a lot of the times when, when uh, you know, when people I mentor with, they ask me like if I have imposter, imposter syndrome, like I sometimes even am a little bit shy to acknowledge that I don't. And it's not because I'm the best or I consider myself the best, of course not. But it's just because I don't, I don't have like, the tendency to compare myself a lot to other people, you know mm. what I mean? Or like no, to I'm just sit the on same. It. I never have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm not or like imposter. sit on Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <I'm laughs> That's one me, way. Man. That's one way to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to see that. But yeah, yeah, you just it don't, it, like the, the, the time that you can spend, that you spend on Instagram scrolling, like you can just, you know, go read a book or start right. studying new artists uh, or, you know, just creating another project of yours. So yeah, definitely. Love that. I think it's really, really important to be up to date with what's happening around you and to be inspired by other artists and to admire them. You know, because like a lot of the times when I listen to interviews of like filmmakers, like the other day I was listening to Fellini and he said, like somebody asked him, who are your favorite directors right now? Like 
you know, at this age and time. And what are your favorite movies? And he said, like, I don't really watch many movies. And to me, it's like, how come you don't watch many movies? I mean, you're a filmmaker. You have to watch movies, you know, mm. that's, that's, you know. It's, it's like silly to say you don't watch movies or like uh, it would be like for us to say, oh, I don't know any any photographers. You know, I don't really uh, uh, see like photographs, social media or whatever. But um, yeah, of course I do. But it doesn't mean I, I, I do it all the time to compare myself. You know what I mean? And I think like whenever someone is getting fearful for what's out there or like you're saying, like with your business or whatever it is, and going back to the placebo band, you need to go back to your why because the band placebo could go like, oh my God, there's too many bands out there. I Like I, I'm mm. an imposter. I'm not as good as them. What's... But if they go back to their why, they're like, well, we started this so we didn't have to go get a real job and, we can, and we're succeeding. Yeah. And so it's like, just yeah. let's just go back to that. And so often like as photographers, like we're, we're all, you know, whatever that you are, that you do out there, it's like, you go and start comparing yourself. Like I should be having more followers. I should do this. I should do that. And I should be on AI and I should not be on AI and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, go back to why you started this. And is that why to like get into a marketplace and start comparing yourself to everybody else and then start feeling shit about yourself and then thinking you should be on anything. Cause I don't think it is. And I think you need to go back to your why and mind your own business. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anna's words there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm happy. I, I'm happy I contributed a quote to your podcast. Yeah, I love it so much. Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's where can we where can we come over and say hello, see your work, and send you a DM? Okay, so I have this tool. It's called Instagram, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm O Ginger on Instagram, um, and uh, I have several names for my business, but yeah, just a bit silly. But so yeah, so there. <laughs> um my name is Anna. My name is Ginger Size and my name is O Ginger. Actually, yeah, it's funny I didn't like um kind of shorten it up to shorten it down to two one, but um it, it looks like it's working anyways. So come say hi. I would be really, really excited to hear from you guys and um hear your thoughts on AI and in general just mm. you know uh, connect with you. I love connecting with um, artists and creatives from all over the world. So I'm always open to communication. Oh, and Ginger, thank you so much for Ginger's having eyes. me. Anna, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It was really, I really enjoyed this conversation. We, you know, it's funny because um, this is the conversation, exact conversation that I wanted to have right now. And you're the exact right person to have it with as well. So I think it was just a really fun conversation where, yeah, there was just so many good concepts. That's great to hear. Yeah, I think you can just, you know, go on and on about those topics and kind of philosophize. I think it's it has a lot of room for philosophizing, you know, well, philosophizing. How do you say that in English? Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, Jay, for all your ideas and concepts. It was really uh, great to hear them. Great. Thank you. See you soon. Hey, Maker Breakers, don't you hate how you can't sort through podcasts by most listened to, most reviewed, and most loved? Ah, right? As fellow podcast junkies, we feel you. While we can't magically change Apple or Spotify's platform, we have created a little something-something. Sifting through all of Make Your Breaks episodes to date, yep, we are talking all 200-plus episodes, we've meticulously curated some banging playlists just for you. We're talking the all-time hottest hits from Make Your Break. 
starring the juicy inspiration, motivation, and creative biz insights you know and love. Sound good? Jump into the show notes and follow the link to generate your very own Make Your Break playlist.